Quick, Karen, what is your top fear? Go. Cockroaches? Cockroaches. Those are pretty <laughs> gross. Yes. I'm thinking of the fear factor. <laughs> no offense to everyone out there that works and loves cockroaches. But yeah, those, um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Well, what about the fear of success? Not really. Not really? I wouldn't think so. But it exists. It's out there. Yes. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about that today. Hello and welcome to GovGeeks Assemble. Level up your 9 to 5 on 95. That's Karen. And that's Javier. Yes, I am. And together we are the, the GovGeeks. Gov Thanks so much for joining us. We get together every Thursday at 6 o'clock to talk a little bit about getting in and getting ahead in government. So Karen, uh, this fear of success, it's an interesting concept, don't you think? Yeah, but it's almost like fear of missing out. FOMO. Right. So it's just a theory of a fear that's more, I don't know. In your mind? Yeah, I was trying to think of the right way to say it. But my brain's not functioning. <laughs> <laughs> your brain is a little fearful of the topic at the moment. Yes. Well, no worries. Uh, yeah, so just in general, the fear of success is uh, kind of compounded. So perhaps you're holding yourself back or there's other things that are attached to the outcomes of your success. So it's not necessarily like success itself that you're fearful of, but all the things that kind of come with it. And I think what we talked about a whole lot is reflection, some discussion, uh, trying to evaluate something about ourselves uh, to see like really what's what's there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, with all of this, you know, fear of success can really be tied to it. So maybe that's why you don't apply for the job. Right, because with great power comes great responsibility. Absolutely, exactly. That's the perfect line from Uncle Ben in Spider-Man or, or the other Spider-Man movie. Or wait, or the other one. That's right. It's the other one. <laughs> but it's so true. Um, if you've ever had those experiences, it's totally normal. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that's kind of built into it. But we're here to help you out. We have some strategies. Uh, first, the most important thing is for us to kind of talk through how to identify them. And then from there, the strategies that really kind of pop up. All right. So uh, what's the first one? Uh, the first one is procrastination or avoidance of growth. Right. So I guess these are how you can tell if exactly. you have a fear of success. <laughs> right. So not really strategies, you know, but strategies to identify. And then how to manage once you've identified mm -hmm. it. Yeah, because a lot of times if you ask a person, hey, uh, do you fear success? <laughs> right, like me, I no. No, you know who I am? I don't fear success, I make success. Nothing like that, no. no. Can, can you guys see her doing something like that, walking around like, ah? No. No, she doesn't do that. <laughs> but yeah, these are ways to kind of help you identify it. Uh, and perhaps that might be a root cause for some challenges that you might be experiencing. So really to get you towards that next level of growth, that's really what we want to talk about here today. Well, yeah, one of the areas, procrastination or avoidance of growth. Um, so if perhaps you know that there's this great opportunity, uh, you're up to write a book, to get published, to get a new project, a new job, but somehow you just keep delaying it. 
you know that you really want it. There's other stuff that's out there, hmm. but perhaps you kind of, oh, I'll do that next week. Let me work on this really big, important project first, and then I'll get to it, and then you'll get to it, and then you'll get to it. Well, maybe I do have a fear of success. Ah, <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Or even just, you know, avoidance in general. Like if someone's coming up to you and saying, hey, don't forget, I need that uh, letter. So this way we can go ahead and uh, get you processed for this next opportunity, this growth, this training. Well, there's a lot of stuff that kind of comes with that. Because what if you get the promotion or you get the next job or you get the next project, but then all of a sudden you feel the pressure to really perform? Oh, everyone's really vouching for me. They're really hoping that I'm going to do great. I have all of these supporters. I don't want to let them down. So maybe if I avoid it or if I procrastinate a little bit, I can avoid letting people down. How does that sit with you, Karen? I, I see no, the wheels turning. That makes sense. I guess my thing is trying to identify, is it fear of success or fear of failure, which maybe yeah. is one and the same? Absolutely. Because like, what if you you get the success, you get this promotion, and then you're afraid of failing at that. And then it was, as a result, you let people down. Right, which so. I, I've, I've had that, right? I've gone through through that fairly recently where I felt like I was letting people down because I just couldn't meet a certain target mm. um, and a, a part in my career that I had to pass for, uh, you know, lack of a better term. But if I didn't, you know, pass it, which I, I didn't, <laughs> right? But it was, okay, let's try it again. And I was just afraid of letting people down who believed in me. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And so really as a, as a coaching strategy to help identify that, just really kind of focus in on why am I delaying this? You're busy day. A lot of stuff is happening as you're thinking about things. And then you get home and you go, oh, that's right. I and your husband to wants this. to record even though you're exhausted <laughs> exactly. for a long day. Right. Well, you know, we have a commitment to the Gov Geekdom. <laughs> to uh, go live every Thursday at six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you don't want to let people down is the big thing. So it's easier sometimes to just kind of procrastinate, delay or avoid. I know one of the strategies when you feel this coming up and you've identified it is really to think through, well, what are the reasons why they're interested in me in this position or having this opportunity? Perhaps it was past successes. Perhaps there was different things that you've done to demonstrate that you're actually worthy of that opportunity. And so if you remind yourself that you have the credibility and you're there and you're ready, then yeah, why wouldn't you want to go for it? Or perhaps if you uh, understand that of all of the different people that could be doing that project or could be managing that opportunity, you actually are the one that has the prerequisite requirements and qualifications to actually excel at that. So yeah, if anyone else, you stand the best chance of really doing well. Okay, so what's the second time or area that we can identify a fear of success? That can help us identify? Help us identify, yes. Uh, are you comfortable with the status quo? Yeah. So are you complacent in a sense? Like, ah, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy what I'm doing. I'm good. I'm good. Everything is fine. Well, I think that there's a difference between being content and being grateful for what you have and being sustained and fulfilled and feeling like this is enough compared to I'm willing to tolerate the status quo. <clears throat> Like, okay, I realize that perhaps um, I may have a very challenging supervisor 
I may have a whole lot of uh, requirements that to put on my plate. You know, there's a lot of challenges. I don't have a lot of work-life balance, but maybe somewhere along the way, at least I know what's going on here. I have control. I'm managing it. <laughs> it's like that, that great little cartoon of a person sitting down there, the little dog with the cute hat and the house is on fire. And he's like, this is fine. You're just fine with the status quo. <laughs> well, Karen, I know you've worked in environments where people quite literally put their health in risk, multiple heart attacks and they show up to work or they have like injuries and they're like coming in on crutches and everything. They're like, I got to do this. I need to do that TPS report. <laughs> yeah. So how is it that for them, they're, you know, managing status quo? I think it's feeling the tie or the ties to the mission and feeling that without you, it won't get done. And just feeling that, that need to be able to do what you have set out to do or what you're responsible for. Right. I think a lot of times also um, it's about the team. Mm. So I think it's not letting others down, not, mm -hmm. not letting others down. Exactly. Not wanting to have others to have to, you know, pitch in for you. Um, you know, again, I think it's just the duty and the responsibility of the position. Absolutely. So it's like you feel the weight of the responsibilities and the obligation to continue. Well, those are some of the challenges. And I think Karen did an awesome job of describing some of the challenges that are there. Because really, I mean, there's a superhero complex that is somewhat in there. You know, I have to do this. I have to be the one. There's these issues. Only I can do it. And you're like going in to save the day, uh, whatever the requirement is. Or if I don't do this, other people are going to think less of me. Or I don't want to be seen by this other person as not capable, not competent, not uh, able to succeed in this role. And I'll show them. <laughs> and, you know, pushing yourself to, you know, the point where you're actually hurting yourself or even hurting others. Well, and it's just a lot of type A personalities. A lot of type so. A personalities, especially in your career field. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You know who I am. <laughs> I can handle <laughs> That's this. That's not type A necessarily. Say it as a bad thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I think the other thing that, that's in there really is just this idea about uh, being able to ask for help or even being vulnerable. Uh, like, I'm, I know I set this target and this timeline, these challenges that come up. Unfortunately, I'm not able to meet this or I'm not able to do that. That a lot of times for people can be more challenging than yeah, actually. Ask for help. You to ask to for delegate. Help. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I said I can do it. I know that I'm going to do it. And we may recognize this sometimes, especially in supervisors, first time supervisors, where they know the process, they know the work, but they don't necessarily know the delegation, the management, the planning and all that stuff that is required at that level. And so what they end up doing is they take on one piece and then they take on another piece. And before you know it, they're overwhelmed with everything that they have to do. And then they don't want to let other people down and they feel bad, you know, oh gosh, you know, they gave me the chance. I really got to step up my game and make sure that I'm going to do everything okay. Uh, and then unfortunately things slip because you can manage five, ten, five things, 10 things, a hundred things. Okay. But eventually there's something that begins to slip. Uh, and you know, just like what always happens as you can all imagine, uh, you may have experienced this as well, where in your performance reviews, 
you've done 99 things perfectly, but that one thing that you didn't do, oh, yeah. Then the supervisor like, I don't know. I got I to gotta downrate you because you just didn't do that one thing. Have you ever experienced that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think, it's, I. I think it's also sometimes, well, many times, priorities shift throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and so I think what we've been able to do is, okay, if we've had to shift things around and this is not the priority right now, mm. we can document that. And so it's accurately reflected um, as yeah. far as, as part of our performance. So there's great ways to management. Absolutely. Right. But if it's absolutely something that you were supposed to do and you didn't, then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it was a situation like you had one job, <laughs> you had one thing to do. I know that could be a challenge as well. Um, well, if, if you're seeing this kind of come up, this is really that, that fear of success uh, as well, because you feel comfortable with all of the challenges that are there and all of the issues that come along with it. And it seems like as terrible as all of that could be, that is actually even better than the other fear of success. Like I would rather put up with all of these issues and concerns than let someone down mm -hmm. or to make another person think less of me. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's also... Are you being accountable for that? Or are you making excuses that, well, I couldn't do that because of this? Um, or is it like, well, nope, I, you're right. I didn't accomplish what I set out to do. And, you know, this is how I'm going to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Mm. Or, you know, what actions do you take as a result of that? I, I think also accountable to others and also accountable to yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, you're always going to be with you. <laughs> so as long as you're able to manage your own expectations, you know, your career, what you want, if you've told yourself, you know, this is a decision that I'm going to make to take this type of job. This is the sacrifice I'm going to make. Um, and this is why I want to do it. And then later on, after decisions or compromises are made and you're so far away from all of that, well, who's responsible for your own career or your own happiness? At the I end of the am. day, it's you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I am. I am. Like, you're responsible for my happiness? No. no? I'm responsible oh, okay. for my own career. That's right. You're totally right. <laughs> I thought I could have just unloaded all the responsibility <laughs> directly onto you. Karen. No. My, my, my shoulders are <laughs> very small. Uh, yeah, we're getting weird from the topic, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Anyhow, what's the third one? <laughs> so the third one is, do you have fear of the unknown? Oh my gosh, fear of the unknown. Honestly, this is something that I feel a whole lot as well. Because uh, really, there's the question mark. Like if I apply and I get this job and I go to this new organization, what's it going to be like? I don't, I don't really know. Am I going to get along well with my supervisor? Uh, is everyone there going to like me? You know, it's interesting because it kind of sounds like school. <laughs> Right. You know, you're, you're starting a new school and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to try out for the chess team or I don't know if I'm going to be you know, great as a, as a cheerleader or anything. Um, and so there's this. You'd be fear. great as a cheerleader, I which I think I you, you were one Halloween when we um, were yes! the, the Spartans. That's so right. Excellent with the routine. Thank you so much. As did you. <laughs> Spartan spirit. <laughs> Good times with all of that. Um, and yeah, so if you have this fear of the unknown, these big question marks that are there, well, how do you manage that? So for, for you, Karen, how do you go about managing the fear of the unknown? 
I try to make sure that it's not unknown, do research. Mm -hmm. So I think like if you're using the example of applying to a different organization or a different group and fear of not knowing what it would be like, well, research what it would be like. Find out somebody who works there in your network. Talk to them about the culture. So then you at least know a little bit about what you're getting into. Exactly. It almost sounds like um, if you were listening to our series that we have on networking, a nine-part series that we have every <laughs> Wednesday. Yes, those are, those are great to have. <laughs> but yeah, how can you be more informed to manage those fears? Uh, yeah, like a, a lot of times if you have apprehension about something, and then you experience a little bit of it, or you have a conversation, or you read more about it, then it's a little bit more like, okay, it makes more sense. You know, I've experienced some of that, for instance, where uh, you get like an audit request or a review of request, and you see like the intimidating files and documents that they're asking for, and you're like, oh my gosh, this just seems like so much stuff. I'm just gonna close the file go on and work on some other stuff. And in the meantime, it's like in the back of your head, you know? And then after exploring it a little bit, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, all, all I need to do is provide this document or that document. Oh, okay, yeah. Why can't you make it easier that way? <laughs> Why do you have to make it so like fearful? Right, or, or just like, you know, think about when you're little and you're in your room and it's dark and you're looking over there in the corner and you see something and it looks like that, is that a monster over there? But then, you know, you, you take a look at it, you shed some light on it and you realize, oh, it's just my coat rack with a hat on it and a jacket. Exactly. Or, you know, you, you didn't know what it was. And so you started to fill your mind with possibilities of what it could be rather than let me take a look mm -hmm. and see what it actually is. Pause, circle back. Yes. Absolutely. And it's so true. You know, it's interesting because those are the the founding bedrocks for how we are managing our fears and our stressors that we experience through life. Because that boogeyman or monster that's in the corner that you perceive can be any number of things. Fear of the new job, fear of a special type of a diet, a procedure that you have to go through, um, something about, again, promotions, stuff like that. But if you shed some light on it, if you evaluate it and you think it through, that scary thing, that unknown, isn't so scary anymore because you have more information to really approach it correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's a very good way of, of handling it. So we, the, today we've been talking a little bit more about the fear of success. And at first glance, it might be something that's, it's not something that we really experience or readily accept that we have. But really, unfortunately, it might be something that we experience. And I think even you, Karen, were a fantastic example where at the beginning, you know, I don't have that. <laughs> and then later on, yeah, there's pieces that you kind of identify with. Mm -hmm. If you all have experienced something similar, please let us know. Put it in the comments, uh, you know, send us a message, see what are the things that perhaps you had once feared. And then really asking yourself the bigger question after you identified that fear, well, what did you do to address it? How did you overcome that fear? And then perhaps if you're able to say, I did that before, well, then why can't we do that for another fear that we might be having? So maybe you can ask yourself, what am I fearful of at the moment? What perhaps am I avoiding? What status quo am I willing to accept? And what fear of the unknown are you still holding on to that's preventing you from your professional growth? Mm -hmm. Good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. yep. 
Uh, well, again, today, uh, Karen, just to go over again the three things, I, I kind of mentioned them, but just to you know, point out, put a finer point on them, what, what was the first one? So you might have a fear of success if you procrastinate, if you are comfortable with the status quo, or if you have a fear of the unknown. There we go. Procrastination, avoidance, comfortable status quo, fear of the unknown. Exactly. You, you say it so well. You might have a fear of success if she just has such a great way of crystallizing everything. She's just awesome like that. Well, let's move on to the next segment that we have every week, and this is uh, questions from the GovGeekdom. So please come on out to the GovGeeks.com. We have a little question and answer uh, portion. You just go to the contact us, type in your question. We're happy to answer them here uh, as well. You can also reach out to us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Facebook, all of that sort of stuff. Um, so using Karen, the hashtag using Gov the hashtag GovGeekdom. That is the best way to find us. <laughs> yes, thank you so much, GovGeekdom. Um, so we have two questions. Karen, what's the first one today? So the first one is, what the heck is a wiggy? A wiggy? Isn't it that Will Smith wiggy, wiggy, song? Wiggy. Get wiggy with it. Get no? wiggy with it. Yes, I love it. <laughs> So in the federal government, we have what are known as WIGIs or within grade increases. So you have your typical uh, GS grades that goes one through 15. There's other things like paid banding, senior executive service. There's other areas that do things a little differently, but you know, by and large. And then from there, there are steps, step one to a step 10 within each of those grade areas. Mm -hmm. So perhaps if you do really well one year, for your performance review, you can get a wiggy or within grade increase, which basically helps you move from one step to the next step. So by if giving you're a you 13 step one, you get a wiggy and you become a 13 step two. Exactly. Yeah, that that's that's the general concept. There's more nuances to it, like With the timing. Exactly. Yeah. And and the wiggies typically count for like one year of service. It's just basically accelerating your time. So you can't definitely go from like a step eight to step nine using a wiggy, but it helps contribute within towards all of that. Grade. So within the within same grade. Within the grade, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay. Well, what's the second question? So the second question is, how do I ask for a referral? That's such a great question. Yes, how do I ask for a referral? And we had this in some of our sessions earlier this week that, that we were doing. Um, and referrals can be a bit of a, a challenging thing sometimes because you are basically going to another person and kind of just like, hello, I would like to ask for a referral. <laughs> would you prefer me to this other individual? You know, would you bestow your your blessings and your approval? That can seem a little intimidating. It can. Yeah. A lot of pressure too. Now, I, yeah, it wouldn't intimidating for the person asking, mm. maybe. Right? Is that what you're Absolutely. saying? Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of pressure for being asked, I would say. Uh, of course. Yeah. There's a little bit, but I mean it's kind of part of career growth. It is. And I think oftentimes, sometimes, you know, I've had people say, you know, can you give me a referral? And then it's like, well, what is it for? And mm -hmm. I know I've had to do it before. And I've actually kind of drafted up a referral to start the ball rolling, and then they can fill it in. Exactly. Because sometimes maybe they not, might not know some of the specific things I've worked on. Mm. So it helps to kind of and it helps them to just get 
kind of a structure of what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. I think you you are very right. You have to make it as easy as possible for the person to be able to make that reference. So, hi, I'm applying for this great thing. Uh, they're asking for a letter of reference. Uh, I've prepared this draft one for you. Would you be willing to refer me for this program? Or uh, I was thank you so much for your mentorship on this project or that project. I felt like I learned a lot. I'd like to be able to apply that towards this next job or this interview that I have coming up or this graduate program that I'm applying to. Would you be willing to refer me uh, for this? Um, I think the other thing also is making sure that the individual would be open to referring you at the very beginning. I'm curious, Karen, how do you know that a person for the most part would be willing to say yes to the referral? Um, I would say that I've built a relationship with them, a good working relationship, mm -hmm. and I haven't burned that bridge. Um, I've had people who have burned bridges and then they come to me for a referral. I'm like, <laughs> really? Exactly. Uh, so basically read the terrain, know the room. <laughs> Um, I mean, you can't, and this, this is an interesting thing in general, just as, because we're, we're people, you can't treat someone not all that well and then expect that they're going to bend over backwards right. for you. You've never spoken to me, but yet now you want a referral. <laughs> right. Or, you know, in that last meeting, you really threw me under the bus and now you want a referral? <laughs> yeah, so make sure you're you're managing and you're monitoring all of that. So political savvy. Political savvy. Yeah, I think we did uh, an episode on that not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, not to mention our uh, networking uh, series that we've done here as well. So feel free to look at uh, YouTube as well as on LinkedIn for all of that uh, more information. But having a referral, I think, is a really important tool to to manage your career. Uh, also. You should be continuing to manage those relationships and discussions. One of the things that I always like to do is to broach the subject first before you go start asking for the referral. For instance, you're speaking with someone. I really appreciate everything that you've done. Um, would you be willing to serve as a mentor for me? Or I've learned a whole lot. I'd like to have a couple more discussions. Would it be okay if I picked your brain every now and again for some career growth and all of that? And then start off with something small. Like, hey, this is project coming up or there's this thing. Do you have any suggestions? Awesome. I appreciate it. Then go make sure you implement it and then come back and give them feedback. I tried your strategy. Thank you so much. It helped out a whole lot. Now this great thing had happened. So you're building the communication. You're building the trust. And then later on, when you ask for the referral, well, of course, you've already developed that relationship. It's not like you're coming in out of the blue. Like, I've never spoken with you before in my life. Can you please refer me to somebody? Can you recommend me? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I think, Karen, you and I can talk about this stuff for a very long time. It's a fun and interesting topic. But uh, we really appreciate everyone's engagement today. Uh, the main thing that we're talking about is just this larger fear of success, how to manage it, how to uh, work through it, and really, at the end of the day, thrive. So, Karen, I'm, I'm curious, do you have any closing thoughts on the fear of success? First, be sure to recognize it. And once you shed the light on it and learn more about it, you shouldn't be so afraid. And you can make an educated decision. Absolutely. Well, everyone, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, thank you so much for your service. Thank you.